0: Testing one two three. Testing one two three. Hey guys, welcome back to Story Time Podcast. I am your host Haley Lira, and today I'm going to tell you about a story that has just downright gripped me. From the moment I heard about it, I've watched every dang episode available. I read the best book by Greg Olson that I'll source. Oh my goodness! Okay, this story is wild. Um, fair warning, it is dark. Thank you so much for tuning into Storytime Podcast. If you haven't heard already, I am doing a giveaway on my Facebook, Storytime Slayer. So go check that out. It's just one of those like, follow, share things. It's some really great stuff though. So check that out. Even if it's not something you're into, it'd make a really great gift. So also, if you can shoot on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a great review. Honesty is always the best policy, and I think a great review sounds so honest, and let's get started. So I'm going to tell you about a woman named Shelly, Shelly Notek, and for a long, long time, she was known as a great wife, a great mother. Her second husband for years thought she was a wonderful woman, especially given all the responsibility he pawned off on her because of his demanding work schedule. He praised her. Other people for a long time thought this as well. Not only did people see Shelly as a great homemaker and mother, they also saw her as a humanitarian, and she would take in wayward people down on their luck. You know the old saying, you never know what happens behind closed doors. Well behind closed doors Shelley was beating her children and rendering unbearable physical and psychological abuse to everyone in her home and her house guests did not leave her home to start new wonderful lives. She beat them starved them and isolated them until they died fair warning this is an intense episode with very graphic tales of abuse and neglect if you want more on this story you have to read the book if you tell by Craig Olson I highly recommend Craig Olson for both his fiction and non-fiction crime books let's get started I'm gonna start with like who Shelley was, so we can kind of get some development on how she kind of turned out the way she was. So Shelley was from Battleground, Washington, and her father was a man named Les Washing- Watson, Les Watson, and her mother was Sharon Todd Watson. However, it was her stepmother Laura who actually took care of her and was a mother figure to her more so than Shannon. So Laura. The stepmom Met Les The dad When she was just Barely out of high school He had charmed her At a very young age When she met him He was 10 years Her senior But he told her He was only 4 years Her senior And after they got married she was had to have been like 18 19 she got a phone call asking when the hell they were going to come pick up les's children and the only issue with that was laura didn't know that les had three children and she definitely didn't know that he'd promised to raise them and whoever this baby mama is was ready to dump them and just walk off <sighs> how crazy would that be to be an 18 19 year old bride this is the late 50s by the way 1958 so it sounds to me that Shelley's mom was completely insufferable and that maybe Les was so desperate to get his kids away from her and get them a mom and himself a wife to help remember this is in the 1950s he's in his late 20s he basically trapped an innocent girl Laura So Shelly and Chuck immediately moved in with Les and Laura. Shelly was only six years old. Chuck was three and the youngest was Paul. Paul was an infant. So Paul stayed with his birth mom, Sharon, a little while longer. From the time Shelly was young, her stepmom said she was very angry and like really, really hateful. She was probably confused and angry because apparently after her mom dropped her off with them, she never really called or visited again. Paul only came to live with them when Sharon was murdered in a hotel room. Um, Shelly was 13 at the time, and she literally didn't care. She had no reaction to her mom being like brutally beat to death in a motel room. There was a clear pattern of instability and recklessness in Shelly's behavior. And once when Shelley was a teenager, she like falsely accused her dad of rape. Her dad, being a pretty intelligent man, said, okay, fine. We're going to have a doctor examine her immediately. So in the meantime, Shelly had to stay in the state's custody during an investigation. And while she was gone, Laura went through her bedroom for any signs of like maybe what's going on in Shelly's life. And there was a magazine with the article titled, I was raped by my dad at 15 between like her mattress and box spring. So immediately after Laura found that, the medical examiner said that Shelly was in fact still intact and had no signs of bruising or forced penetration. She was dangerous to make up such a wild lie. And basically she got no repercussions for that. Shelly had always been a handful. Um, She lied for attention. She was just a straight up nuisance, constantly in trouble, constantly stirring the pot and ruining the lives of whomever she was around simply just because, and then she would just move on to the next person. She was kicked out of many, many schools for her unruly behavior and the fact that she was a bully. So it's really odd that these traits though are like generational. Although Shelley didn't have a good relationship with her mother, apparently her mom was really unstable and she would go see her grandma Anna. And grandma Anna had s- shown some clues that she could be like cruel and abusive. And I'm sure she inflicted some of these punishments that Shelly later uses on her children and tenants, which we will get to when Shelly was young. Um, But Shelly, as she got a little bit older, quickly became Grandma Anne's favorite. And they had like a really, really special bond, which was really startling to Shelly's stepmom, Laura, because she knew how evil Anna was. So, apparently, as Shelly became a young woman, she was a stone-cold fox. She was a redhead with bright eyes, perfect figure, good bone structure, and clear skin. She first got married in 1972 at the age of 19 to a man her same age named Randy. And poor Randy, because Shelly was a nightmare to him. Shelly didn't cook, Shelly didn't clean, and Shelly couldn't keep a damn job and she would throw these big ass tantrums to get whatever she wanted. Shelley would go to extreme lengths to fabricate stories for attention, especially to manipulate situations. So like one day Randy came home to a beaten up and bloody Shelley and she said an intruder came in and attacked her and raped her. However, the sheriff In the police department told Randy that there was no way, and that after questioning Shelly, they sensed those were self inflicted wounds. And when they pressed Shelly about it, she actually admitted it to them that she did, in fact, do this to herself. And Shelly later recanted that statement and said she only said that because the police officer made her. And at the end of the day, Randy knew this was a stunt that she pulled because she hated the trailer that they lived in. And she wanted to move. And now she had a reason to force him to. And it was because she was afraid to live there, even though that's all they could really afford. Now, I'm going to fast forward because there's a million awful behaviors that Shelly exhibited throughout her entire life. And we could spend all day on them. The warning signs of her being mentally disturbed, though, were in big flashing neon letters. Three years into their marriage, Shelly gave birth to a baby girl named Nikki in 1975. And Shelly decided that she was going to stay at her parents' for a while... Um, In fact, she stayed there so long, like three months, Randy had to force her to be like, dude, we have to go home. But um, Laura said that Shelly seemed a little bit indifferent about baby Nikki and that Laura really worried about her under Shelly's care. So she'd go visit her all the time. And this is when she started to notice Shelly and Randy's problems. Shelly was apparently refusing to let Randy into the home at night. He had to sleep in his car. He said that Shelly was only nice when people were around. And he basically just had to sign his check over to Shelly and go with whatever she wanted. Or she'd be extremely cruel. And so eventually they split. And Laura actually ended up caring for baby Nikki for like a year. While Shelly ran off and she was a waitress and was just kind of doing whatever she wanted. Randy went back home to his parents and just tried to start afresh with life. After like a year of doing what she was doing, Shelly came back just out of the blue for Nikki with no explanation. And shortly after, she started a new relationship with a man named Danny. They met at their apartment complex that they both lived in. And it was very quickly that they kind of started this whirlwind romance in life. And they were married in June of 1978. And then in August, she gave birth to her second daughter, whom she had with Danny named Samantha. That's funny. I got married in June and then had a baby in August, actually. (laughs) Shelly had another baby girl named Samantha. And unlike Randy, Danny didn't take as much shit from Shelly. And it was a lot harder for her to push Randy around. So they would like literally have the worst drag out fights. Five years into their marriage, they decided to call it quits. And Shelly was on to her next victim. Dave, no tech. And I'm not sure if Shelly had been physically abusive to her children regularly at this point. I doubt she was extremely abusive because one, her kids were fairly young still. And two, I don't think she'd had the right environment to get away with these behaviors yet. It sounds like her husbands were not going to really allow her to go too far. Now, Along came Dave, though, and he fell really hard for Shelly and her two girls. Um, Shelly really needed a saving grace at the time because she was actually losing her house that Grandma Anna had left her. And more importantly, Dave thought that her daughters really needed a saving grace. They needed a dad. Aw, Dave no tech, Captain Save-A-Ho. More like Captain Enable-A-Ho. So shortly into the relationship, Shelly told her man... Dave that she had cancer and this was devastating he was going to be there for her and you know what's crazy is years later he recalls that she did lie about the cancer for their entire relationship even having him drive her to doctor's appointments and sit out in the car for the entire day because she was too strong of a woman to have him come in with her his dumbass fell for it for years he said So like everyone else, Shelly very quickly began to belittle and bully Dave. She'd done this to every man she'd ever been with. Name calling, kicking him out. It was wild. Taking his entire paycheck, making him just do whatever she wanted. But Dave was not very combative. He was very neutral and he almost just tucked his head and just hid until Shelley was done and the Shelley storm passed and she got worse and worse and meaner and meaner to where his approach was almost just to shut down and hide from her and try not to come home this is when shelley gets really Bad. Um, Up to this point, I don't think Shelly had quite enough control over anyone to really do whatever she truly wanted. And when she met a man like Dave, weak and willing to give Shelly his entire paycheck and then either avoid her or do whatever she wanted, Shelly really became evil. She started off by reacting about everything and whooping her kids ass with whatever was around and she was almost fueled by inflicting pain and punishment onto her children that she found ways to make each punishment worse and worse and more intense until it just became downright cruel and abusive. Physical and psychological. The physical attacks were starting to be launched at night while the children were asleep. So Shelly would wake them up in the middle of the night to beat them with objects until they would sometimes bleed. Um, she loved to make punishments worse. So not only did she beat them, but then she'd start like taking them outside under dressed in the winter to beat them or withholding their new favorite toy from them and then she would do things like put a little tiny piece of tape over her door thing and if the girls went into the room to even look at their beloved toys she could tell because of that little piece of tape she put and she would beat their ass. As the girls got older though things got incredibly worse. Shelly Um, to my surprise even got Dave involved on her abuse and wallowing was one of the most shocking and horrifying abuse methods I thought I'd heard of well she would wake up her daughters Nikki or Samantha and Nikki fell victim more so than anybody else in the family and so she would make them strip naked And get into a mud hole in their backyard and wallow like a pig while David sprayed freezing cold water on them from the water hose into the mud hole. And she would be like, wallow you fucking pig. I mean, just let your imagination take over. Like, what the fuck? If the girls didn't take out the trash... She would put it in their beds under their sheets. She eventually found ways to humiliate them at school. Like she would withhold showers and only spray them with the cold water hose. She took away their clothes and made them wear the same shit every day. Sometimes it was stuff that they wore to do yard work. On top of beating them and sleep deprivation what the fuck is going on if you fought the punishment it was worse so once samantha said that nikki resisted a lashing she got and so Shelley beat her so bad that she was bloody bruised and could barely walk Who, locking the girls in their room for really extended periods of time with very little food and water was another punishment that Shelley began to pick up having them work in the yard from sunup to sundown Pouring bleach on their wounds and spraying them with the water hose. These were all punishments. And so no one else knows about what's going on at this house. And for some reason, despite how uncaring, abusive, and unbearable Shelly was to people, she insisted that her brother, Paul's son, Shane, should come live with them. This was 1988. Nikki was 14, Shane was 13, and Samantha was 10. Paul was in and out of prison, and Shane had like a really hard life as it was. He was a street kid. Now, I do not understand why Shelley wanted to take in a wayward teen, nephew or not, when she's completely awful and doesn't even like children. This is so weird. So she immediately loaded him up with a never ending list of shit to do. The way Shelley operated was based on fear she would inflict the same sort of punishments on Shane but gradually on top of the abuse she slowly stripped him of his personal possessions and identity and then like basic things all people desire to have for comfort no pillow and then no blanket and then no bed and then nothing at all he would often be made to sleep on the concrete basement floor with nothing or somewhere else on the floor objections or issues would be met with things like the loss of a shower privilege loss of clean clothing he may only get one outfit to wear for a week like so like shit like this occurred regularly Shelly was becoming really good at this she'd figured out how to strip people of their belongings and their voice and then eventually like their identity through different fear and manipulation tactics she now has nikki samantha shane and dave all under her thumb little tori has no idea what goes on in their household so i just i'm sure you guys figured this out but dave is a fucking idiot so for the record dave will claim that at times he had no idea what shelly was doing and what she was capable of all right. He acts like he did not know the level of abuse Shelley was inflicting on the children. But he witnessed so much and participated in so much of it. Like how could he not know? He participated in hosing them off in cold water even in the winter. Like he knew Shelley was waking them up and beating them at night. Sometimes Shelly would make Nikki and Shane strip down naked and slow dance in the living room. And Dave would literally be sitting in a chair watching because Shelley insisted. And in the winter, if Dave wasn't there to spray the kids with the water to make them wallow, Shelly would just make them sit naked in the snow for hours. And Dave knew about punishments like this. Imagine sitting naked in the winter in the snow for hours in Washington, and then you have to go to school the next day, probably unbathed and possibly in the same clothes you've worn multiple times. Something worth noting is that before Shane came to live with them, the punishments were a bit more focused on Nikki than Samantha, and then the punishments actually lessened off of Nikki and were more focused on Shane. So the more psychological abuse went to Shane. So it was like taking his belongings and such things. She did not do that to Nikki and Samantha. She only did that to like her wayward tenants. So things really changed drastically when the family moved in what they call the louder back home. And this is when they took in Shelly's BFF hairdresser, Kathy. And the kids were a bit bothered by Kathy. She was bossy. And, you know, kids hate being bossed around or lectured by other adults. I remember being a kid and being like, okay, what the fuck? When people would tell you things like, you need to straighten up or go do this. Listen to your mom. Whatever. So Kathy was kind of like that. Mom's annoying friend to everybody. Meanwhile, despite the longtime cancer hoax that Shelly had been having, Shelly and Dave were pregnant with a baby Christmas of 1988. And this was partly why Shelly said that Kathy needed to move in with them. For one, Kathy was down on her luck financially and she needed some help. But Shelly would also need help between the cancer appointments and the OBGYN and being pregnant and already having kids. My goodness, how could Shelly do it? Dave never, ever questioned how it was that Shelly got pregnant despite how sick she was with cancer. He thought this was a miracle baby. What a freaking dumbass. Kathy was a really easy target for Shelly because Kathy had always been controlled by her like very selfish shitty mom and so it was just easy for Shelly to manipulate her. Plus when Kathy couldn't take any more shit from her mom and needed to move out and get on her feet Shelly was her saving grace and so Kathy really looked up to her and did whatever Shelly wanted to sort of like earn her keep in Shelly's eyes and to like Show her thankfulness to be living there Now before Shelly got a hold Of Kathy, Kathy was a full size Plus woman Full of life, fun loving personality She had a lot of personality She was very likable on a women Or on a co-ed softball team I think She just wasn't very lucky And Shelly Acted like she really needed Kathy Because after having the baby she was supposedly Diagnosed with Hodgins lymphoma And didn't know how much longer she had To live but she was also, this was just a hoax too. She was pretending to be very, very sick. And that way she could have Kathy do like all the cooking, cleaning, household duties, take care of the baby, whatever. But what was so dumb is Shelly's stepmom, Laura, was actually in the medical field. And she knew that there was no way all this shit Shelley was telling her about being sick was true. And she'd had this cancer diagnosis for far too long. Shelley couldn't explain any treatments, provide medical paperwork, who her doctors were, doctor's notes, names, bills, nothing. This was just an elaborate hoax. It did not take Kathy long to fall victim to Shelly. She literally evaporated from a boisterous, fun personality to no personality at all. And Shelly began treating her like the children. She would beat her with whatever was around, belittle her, and just straight up abuse her. She began to self-medicate Kathy with very heavy prescription drugs that like nearly wiped out Kathy's personality and made her comply easier. Kind of like a drugged out slave. And it really freaks me out that Shelley had to have done something conniving to get a hold of such um, heavy prescriptions. And I wish I knew how she got them and what she was drugging Kathy with. So Shelly took away Kathy's vehicle and made her completely dependent on their family. She would use the same dehumanizing tactics on Kathy that she had on Shane. She stripped her of her personal possessions, made her sleep on the floor or somewhere in the home on the floor, basement, outside. No pillow, no blanket. Um, And I think one of the strangest and pretty cruel things she does was she would play mind games and accuse Kathy of things like sleepwalking and eating things she didn't eat. And then she would punish her for whatever she said that she did while she was sleepwalking, even though none of it was true. And one time... Well, she made Shane back her up on lies all the time. But one time she had li- Shane lie to Kathy's face and say that Kathy was walking around his bedroom naked. I mean, this was mental abuse. Kathy would never do anything like that. And she was so humiliated. So Shelley escalated, though. She began to have enough psychological control over Kathy through prescription drugs and abuse that she could do whatever she wanted. She would push her down the stairs call her names. She literally took all her clothes and made her do chores around her house Naked like for long periods of time this went on for weeks um, One day her clothes were just gone and she was giving underwear in a muumu and then she was only allowed underwear Revoking toilet privileges was the next thing that that was enforced Kathy couldn't use the bathroom without permission and she was often denied permission And one of the most outlandish punishments that are outlined in If You Tell was when Kathy really had to go to the bathroom and I guess she like defecated in a Tupperware in the kitchen and the punishment for that was Dave and Shelly made her slide naked down a hill of snow over and over and over making her backside bleed and bleed so bad that there was like streaks of blood in the snow. Isolation became a really popular punishment that Shelly enjoyed, and she would lock Kathy in closets, and then she would soothe Kathy by saying things like, it'll be okay, Kathy. I'll protect you. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is not a child. Kathy is a grown-ass woman. So, something to remember was that while Shelly had Kathy and got full control over her And was able to abuse and inflict pain on her. She actually laid off of the children. And beat them way less often. So Shelly had a pattern of always kind of picking one person. So what about Kathy's family? Weren't they worried they like, where the hell is Kathy? So in 1991, two years into this living arrangement in House of Horrors, Kathy's mom actually had open heart surgery and was trying to get a hold of Kathy. And she knew that Kathy had gone to live with a woman named Shelly Notek. So they get a hold of them and Shelly tells them that Kathy actually met a man named Rocky who was an 18-wheel driver and she hit the road with him. Then she sent a handwritten letter that was in... Kathy's unmistakable handwriting saying that she was so sorry she hadn't been in touch, but she was very happy and attached was a blurry photo of her in front of a semi-truck. Obviously, um, Kathy was made to write this letter by Shelly. This was an elaborate lie Shelly came up with, of course. This was enough for Kathy's family, though, at the time, and they just let it go. They now had given Shelley complete control of Kathy who was growing incredibly weak she was losing weight she was losing hair she was losing teeth I mean she looked awful she lost over 100 pounds In 1992, the family moved again, but to a fairly secluded, rundown farmhouse on some property. And it had like a shed, a barn, a pump house. It wasn't very nice, but I think Shelly wanted it for the seclusion and for the property so that she could have animals. At this point, Shane was sleeping in Nikki's closet on the floor, and Kathy would have to sleep on the floor elsewhere in the home. She only had a few personal possessions at this point, only a handful, and they even got rid of her car. Shelley and Dave were incredibly ab- abusive to Kathy together. Um, apparently, he'd sometimes even help duct tape her, hose her down for showers, and witness Lord only knows how many harrowing things. Let's not forget the ass slide he made her do in the snow until she bled. But when Shelly locked her in the pump house for weeks and Dave asked about it, she said it was for Kathy's own good because the kids were bothering her so much and that Kathy was afraid of the kids. And Dave accepted this answer. He's like, absolutely. The children are bothering her. Yes, we should lock her in the pump house. So Shelly started to act like Kathy was really sick and needed a bunch of rest and that they were going to make Kathy better. But Kathy wasn't sick. She was drugged and neglected. Dave literally will accept whatever answer Shelly gives him to. And he just pretends like none of this is fucked up or weird. So his excuse years later for being like that was that he was gone all the time working. And so he didn't really know the extent of the experience. Abuse. He just witnessed severe beatings, mud wallowing, belittling, bleach and water hose bathing sessions. A grown woman being locked in an outdoor building. People sleeping on the floor with no possessions. Being fed rotten food. um, Made to take mysterious medication. And they were helping her get better. Oh, and my favorite. Both Shelly and Dave would bring Kathy along. But she rode in the trunk of the car. So, yeah. Um... I love that Dave is just going with the flow. Dave said that he didn't have the balls to leave Shelly. He just hoped that he would come home and she would just be gone. Even though he gave her his entire paycheck, she was just going to leave, I guess. So Shelly had Dave wrapped so far around her finger that for one, as I just mentioned, she had his checks directly deposited into her account and she even took him off of the account. And then she would take all of his money, max out every line of credit they had. She even maxed out their house. Okay, got as many mortgages as she could on it. Dave had some sort of like traveling construction job that required him to commute to work eventually. And he would stay gone all week. I think he probably found a job where he had to commute to work and stay gone all week. But while he was gone, he'd sometimes have to like live in his truck, a shitty motel, Camp in a tent and like literally shower At state parks just whatever he had to do Because he had no money And despite his absence He did notice the situation with Kathy was going a bit too far She was seriously starting to Decline physically And in a very serious and very bad way She was literally her skin was sagging She was bony She'd lost almost all her teeth Her hair was falling out She was black and blue from getting her ass beat all the time Had sores all over I mean Dave tried multiple times to take Kathy somewhere afraid she was going to die but Shelly refuted because she was afraid that somebody might misunderstand what happened to Kathy and think she was abused because that would be crazy for them to think that she wasn't abusing Kathy she said she was helping Kathy and she just didn't want anybody to get the wrong idea well Kathy got really weak like she was so weak she could barely walk her breathing was labored I almost think she maybe had a stroke or something but Shelley brought her in from the pump room that she'd been in for at least several weeks possibly months and she offered her a real shower Kathy though being extremely weak drugged up on the verge of death and practically incoherent somehow grabbed and like leaned on the glass shower door and fell because it shattered into a million pieces and she was like laying in the middle of all this broken glass and she got super super bad lacerations I mean she got cut up and she needed medical intention but instead Shelly just patched her up and laid her in the laundry room I mean this was bad this was bad Shelly knew this was bad she called David immediately and he came home immediately he was quite the drive but he booked it Kathy was in the laundry room making god-awful noises, and Dave really wanted to take her to the hospital, but of course his wife says no. This was July 1994, so Kathy had been with the No Tech family six years, and no one had been looking for her or asking about her since 1991 when the family got the letter that she was with Rocky. When Dave got there, Shelly loaded the girls and left Shane and Dave with Kathy. They went to like a motel that had an indoor pool and hung out there. And shortly after she left with the girls, Kathy began to vomit, have difficulty breathing, and ultimately died. Dave did not call 911, though, because he said to have been afraid that Shelly would get in trouble. No shit. And that it would be too traumatic for the kids and that he didn't want to break up their family. Unlike the girls, Shelly and Dave made no attempt to conceal what was going on with Kathy from Shane. Shane had to help move her body. What Dave did next was crazy. So he knew he needed to make a really, really hot fire if he was going to be able to cremate her. So he built a cremation station in the backyard using really heavy sheet metal around the fireplace pit to hold in the heat and he said that he just placed her body in there and he kept loading wood on top of her all night it took about five hours next he sifted through the ashes gathered all the bits of Kathy that were left and he discarded them on the shoreline in spots that he'd studied ocean currents so that he knew they would take her off to sea it would be years and two more victims later before Shelly and Dave were caught for what they did to Kathy. Okay, so I made this into a two-part series, and that was the murder of Kathy, which will go unsolved for years and years to come. Nobody was looking for her for a very long time. In part two, I will outline the other murders that Dave and Shelly Notech were responsible for. Go check out Storytime Slayer for pictures, videos, and information to go along with these two episodes, and also be on the lookout because I have a lot of great giveaways and things planned for Storytime Slayer on Facebook this year. All right, I'll catch you on part two. Bye, guys.